A very good evening to you and a Merry Christmas. Welcome along to episode 24 of Champ We Are United podcast with those sleigh bells beginning to chime in the background. Of course, this week we are indeed looking at predictions of a white Christmas even in certain parts of the country on Saturday. And Joining us as ever for this festive special tonight are Verso. Good evening, Verso. Good evening. Good evening, all, all listeners. And we have Go. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. And myself, of course, Rab, in the, the host chair tonight. So, our packed programme for the evening. We're going to kick off just in a minute with Verso's selection with a Christmas theme this time around and afterwards we are moving on to Gull who's going to give us a review of the Football League review indeed so many memories I'm sure still by that from back in the day and of course we will be looking at Roy of the Rovers we have a couple of festive editions from 1981 uh, 1980 sorry and 1982 and we're going to be looking through those and having a mince pie, a mulled wine, and some general Christmas chat along the way. So, Verso, your selection for us this evening, sir. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, what I've decided to do this week, obviously Christmas, I'm going to have a quick glance back at the covers from Tiger and Royal Rovers. Just the covers. Mm -hmm. uh, and the um, the tiger I've, I've started from um, Barry's reign, Barry Tomlinson's reign, because that's when the um, he brought the these superstars involved. And, and so we're going to start with Tiger. Um, start with 1970, and on the front we've got um, a nice little festive scene with Johnny Cougar. Oh, yeah. And um, he's he's in the army, and Father Christmas is bringing in a nice pud. So um, just flick over to 1971, and we've got the first inkling of a um, of a celebrity, where we've got Gordon Banks on um, on some paper chains inside a bauble, and he's saying "Merry Christmas." And on the front, you've got Roy with a Christmas pudding next to Skid Solo. You got um, Splash Gordon and his penguin. Do you remember? Do you remember those guys? Oh, vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, who um, ended up teaming up with Johnny Cougar. Um, that was seventy-one. We move on to seventy-two, and it's um, four lovely pictures of Gordon Banks dresses um, Santa. And I think that yeah, that was the first actual proper edition where it was full-on celebrity. So that's probably bang on nineteen seventy-two. Bang on Barry's. Mm. And he um, started mixing the comic with real life. Um, go on to 73, and um, you got Eric Morkham in his, in his front room with a Christmas tree up reading Tiger. He was um, he was a big fan of Tiger and Water Rovers, old Eric. Yeah. And uh, 74, we saw Henry Cooper, okay. the old um, British boxer. He was, British actually, yeah, he was dressed up. Um, and then we go on to... 75 and it's a double helping of Australians Thompson and Lily. Oh yeah. I think yeah might might have been an ashes ashes winter if um, if they're on the front there. 
And then 76, you've got Ernie Wise. He's, um, he's wearing the, the, the full gear in front of, um, I think he's in his kitchen there. So <laughs> 77, we've got Roger DeCourcy and Nookie Bear. Ah, yeah. Fine memories. Uh, going back in the day, isn't it? Yeah. Nookie Bear. Nookie Bear's reading Tiger. <laughs> Brilliant. And forward on a year, 1978, Bob Willis and Jeff Boycott. Yeah. So again, may, maybe an Ashes Ashes winter. Did you say Bob Willis or uh, Bob Wilson? No, Bob Willis. Bob Willis. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, and Sir Jeff, um, he he had a big association with Tiger, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And as we head into the eighties, nineteen seventy nine, we'll um, we'll just quickly gloss over this one. It was another Australian, and um, he used to do some painting on Saturday nights on BBC TV. Yes. Yes. So um, he says Merry Christmas. So thank you for that. Um, 1980 is Alan Minter, the boxer. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, he's got his Father Christmas outfit on and his green gloves. Right. And then 81, we've got Big Daddy. Oh yeah, the wrestler, and he's, he's got a massive Christmas cracker in his hands. <laughs> yeah, and 82. We've got Ian Botham mm -hmm. with the tiniest Christmas tree you, you can imagine. <laughs> um, 83 was Charlie Nicholas. Yep. And then 84, which was the last ever Tiger um, Christmas cover, was um, there was no celebrities. It was just Billy Dane and all these, all these school friends having a, having a Christmas party, wishing everyone a happy Christmas. Right. So um, we'll just pop on to... Border Rovers obviously didn't start till 1976, and Eric Morgan once again on front cover. Um, 77, you've got Mike Yarwood trying to get with Roy Race, trying to get Roy Race to um, sign for Stockport County. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah, 78, you've got Tommy Doherty. Mm-hmm. Again, he's got all the gear on. I mean, all these people, they, they dressed up, they, they put the gear on. It's not superimposed. It's Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we go on to 78, which looks like a bit of a superimposed picture because you've got Gary Bertels getting a player of the year and um, Trevor Francis is giving it to him dressed as Father Christmas. <laughs> I'm, and... waiting for, I'm, I'm waiting for you to get to the one with Suzanne Dando. Yeah, I'm coming to that one, yeah. <laughs> Might be a little yeah. bit more drawn out, that one. Um, <laughs> 1980 was um, Laurie McMenemy. Mm -hmm. And then 1981, it was just a picture of um, the Melchester players giving out presents to um, children in the hospital because um, that had been the Christmas where Roy was still unconscious. Mm -hmm. And... Um, 1982 was Suzanne Dando in Roy Race's sack. Yes. Yes. Lovely, Lovely picture. And <laughs> um, listening to Barry on, on a previous episode of the podcast, that was actually him, wasn't it? In uh, With um, Roy's face sort of um, put over the top. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And then we move on to 1983 and... Roy this time is with um, Sharon Davis, the swimmer. 
Yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 1984, it's Mark Haightley with Roy pulling mm. the cracker, and it's dubbed England's top two strikers. Mm. Um, 85, we've got Roy doing what looks like possibly an early version of karaoke with Martin Kemp and Steve Norman. Of course. Yeah, and all, all the family in the... Um, in the crowd, that's, that's a hand-drawn one. The, then we go oh. to 1986, and it's t- only a little bit Christmassy. You've got um, you've got Roy just been past the ball, and some and the crowd are shouting, "Come on, Racy, whack it in! Give us all a Christmas to remember." But there's a little snippet of a picture of Neil Webb dressed as Father Christmas, wishing everyone a happy Christmas. And 1987, um, you've got. Just a hand-drawn picture of Roy, Penny, the kids saying Happy Christmas. And the last one I've got is, it's a double issue. Um, two numbers. <laughs> it's, um, I think that's a, that's a forum in joke, isn't it? If it's two numbers yeah. or just or just one number, the double issue. But we'll, yeah. get, we'll get to that another day. Again, we will. That, that, this is from 1992, and it's Roy, Penny, the kids, and some of their friends... Um, Wishing you all a happy Christmas with a little picture of Roy and um, David White from Manchester City. Hmm. So that's just a quick glance over some Christmas editions of Tiger and Roy the Rovers. Yeah, thanks very much. So that is a who's who really of the 1970s, both in the celebrity world and obviously sport in general as well. Hmm. I'll tell you what, uh, Rab, you missed an opportunity there when you gave the intro to uh, Verso, because this edition should have been called Verso's Christmas Comic Corner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly was very festive. And yeah, I mean, moving from Morecambe and Wise, who were obviously massive at that time in the mid-70s, gracing the cover of Tiger. And some of the other names, Big Daddy as well. Really taking you back uh, with giant haystacks, of course. I do remember seeing the two of them live um, in Kilmarnock back in the day. And it was the wrestling always followed the football, didn't it? On Saturday, it was, or was it before the football? It was always on um, World of Sport, wasn't wasn't it? Yeah. Dickie Davis. So it was racing from Goodwood with a bit of, sometimes bowls, sometimes wrestling. And then the, the football scores coming in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, big, big names at the time. Yeah. In fact, as um, Barry Tomlinson said, Big Daddy, I think, had two of his own annuals. Yes. Wow. Yeah, Shirley Crabtree. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Those were the days, weren't they, with Grandstand and World of Sport, and oh, they were a joy. Yeah. Well, I always used to watch um, World of Sport as the norm, but then turn it over to um, Grandstand for the final results because I preferred their video printer. Yeah, I did too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Strange yeah. things you remember as a kid. Indeed. Thank you very much, then. And goal, moving on to the Football League review. Indeed. Uh, I'm a collector of programmes, as you are as well, uh, Rab. And uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners will remember... Uh, the magazine that you would find in the 
uh, uh, late 60s and early 70s, the Football League Review in your programme. Uh, very popular. And in the middle, they would have the colour team photo, which uh, would be very collectible, of course. In fact, there were nearly 300 of those. Um, and you see quite a lot of them on, on eBay because they've been pulled out by fans to stick on their wall, of course. But it wasn't originally called Football League Review. It actually started in 1965-66 as something called Soccer Review. And it was the brainchild of a man called Harry Brown and uh, Peter Robinson and published by a company called Sport and Screen. And now the following season, the Football League took over and printed it as an official Football League magazine. It changed its name to the Football League Review and they hired the company people of Sport and Screen uh, to come on board and continue what they were doing. It was rehashed. And bizarrely, even though there'd been a year before, uh, this was classed as volume one. Um, but uh, yeah, this was the first season of Football League Review. Now you'd find them in the programmes, but you could also apparently get them by mail order. And uh, collectible wise, there were around 360 editions. Mm. The latter ones are quite rare because there was a lower print run. But interestingly, you had volume two in 67, and these seasons would have 34 to 39 editions. But in 1968-69, once again, 39 editions. But there were different versions. So you would be able to get a mail order one, which, and there are going to be company names mentioned now, you'd be able to get a mail order one, which was, I call the date issues. And on the back, you had an advertisement for um, Park Drive. I, I don't actually know if that was a tobacco company or I'm not sure. But you'd also have uh, a, a club one in the programme, which had the Park Drive advert on the back, but also some additions in the programme again would have an advert for Old Holborn Tobacco. So interestingly there, like in 1968-69, you had 39 editions, but the variants, there were 77 collectible ones if you were a serious collector. So that's over 100 different editions. Um, I've also managed to find an, a date error issue when I was collecting, which I hadn't come across online at all in any mention of any reviews and also got the proper corrected date issue. So I think that's quite a, a rare run, a, a rare one. Um, yeah, it continued, 69, again, about 40, 45 normal issues and some variants, not as many as that uh, 77 variants. It continued, 70, 71, 72. And then in 1972, 73, it changed its name to League Football. And there weren't as many variants, of course, uh, but it was on its way down at that point. Um, I believe you could still get them in the programmes, uh, but it did years after that. 74, the normal 37 issues uh, without variants. And in the final season, uh, 74, 75, uh, there were only 20 issues. Their numbering system was quite unique. The last year, the issue numbers were 
uh, nine, as in volume nine, and then zero, one, zero, two. Uh, that's quite interesting. Uh, and then that was that. In the 90s, it kind of returned um, when Nationwide was sponsoring. Uh, there are other banks and building societies out there, of course. Uh, and they released something similar uh, called the Nationwide Review. Now, that lasted three seasons, I believe, but all of those are very, very collectible. And on the site, you guys know what I'm like for lists, don't you, Rab? You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've tried to compile a list of all of the individual uh, editions. I've got halfway through uh, listing them up because I can't find a proper full list, including all the variants and the error issue online. That's been one of my projects. Um, I haven't done anything on it for a, a while, but I may get back to it. But there are about 700 then in total mm. to collect out of a 360 issue run. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan. And uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, that's the Football League review, really. But great memories of... Mm. I was a bit young, of course, when they were in the programmes, but great memories of you know, collecting them in hindsight and then finding a Football League review inside. That was always an added bonus. But mm. the, the, the final issue go for about 40 or 50 pounds nowadays. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't have the final two or three, but I have a lot. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That was the Football League review. Do you have any memories in, in hindsight of, of that? Or Yeah, I certainly know of it. <clears throat> um, I came across a few copies of it from English programmes at that time, obviously. Um, and it, what was its coverage like of the lower leagues? I mean, not bad. I mean, the, the, the team photos, remembering I said there were 299 of them in total, the colour mm. ones, they covered all of the football league clubs and obviously uh, um, multiples of that as years went by, but also non-league as well. They did cover some non-league stuff back in the day, uh, which is quite interesting. But right. but I think there was a good spread of coverage, and it wasn't just the top-tier clubs, which is really interesting. Yeah. And this, this of course, way before the internet and the, the information. Oh, way before. Explosion. We're talking we're talking black and white days. Yeah, 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 very much so. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, a really good supplement to get, along with the programme, of course, and it presumably would have been issued in every club's programme. Well, the initial ones, in the Soccer Review first year, those two gentlemen that I mentioned travelled the length and breadth of the country to deliver to clubs that requested it. Oh, so okay. it wasn't automatically in it. It was a new, pub, you know, it was a new publication yeah. uh, by a company not associated with the Football League in that first year. Um, so when the Football League took over for season for the second season of it, uh, yeah, I believe that it was a much more enhanced and most clubs took it in their programme. Some stapled them in, some just slipped them in to the programme. But yeah, I believe most did take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the impression I had. Yeah, and would you say there's there's quite a big collecting market out there for it? There is. Um, Any Facebook groups or? Not Facebook groups, but on certain forums there are, um, like the Football Program Centre 
which oh, is yeah. a, a site. Um, there's a, a good amount of threads on there about it. But mm -hmm. it's like today, I, I when I was, you know, doing my research, I knew most of it, but just doing my research, I, I went on eBay and thought, you know what, I'm going to get back into collecting these. And I'm going to complete my collection because, mm -hmm. you know, getting those variants, I would love that. And, you know, I managed to get just today 76 issues no, for three, £3.40. Oh. Um, Things. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So places are good. Lots of those places are good. If you have a few copies lying around uh, or you have an interest in them, certainly, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So one to, one to develop, perhaps. Thank you very much, Gil. Berso, do you um, have any memories of that? I. That's why I kept quiet, because I have absolutely no idea at all. So uh, with uh, Rab being in Scotland and limited mm. knowledge and, and you <laughs> having no clue, oh, that, that went so well. But if any <laughs> listeners do have an interest in the Football League review, uh, and, and do get in touch. Maybe who want to maybe help compile that full list. Mm. I think I know what the full list is, but I, I would always love to get dates added to that too. So do get in touch. Details of how to get in touch with us at the end. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. And so moving on to Roy of the Rovers, which we've heard a bit about already with the covers from Christmas time. And I have, as I say, a couple that were mentioned by Verso. The one with Laurie McMenemy, dressed as Santa, standing in front of quite a large glittery silver tree on the front from 1980. And as Verso suggested, Around that time, pretty much everyone would, would turn up in the Santa suit. I think it's fair to say. Um, so the issue kicks off with the footballer who wouldn't stay dead back to the robot, of course. Um, we have the Marx Brothers up next, followed by a page of what is entitled Christmas Crackers. And that's some sort of, as you would expect, cracker-style jokes. Um, based around all based around football. Why do you call your goalkeeper Istanbul? Because he's always eating turkey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Very much a cracker joke. Um, the Rovers manager is spending Christmas in hospital. Oh, what with a bad side? That's not bad, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> And there's a big cheer going up from the crowd as someone's trying to get a lift over the wall into the stadium. One says, was that a goal? Nope, that's the men's pies just arriving with the big cheer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's Christmas crackers. And I, do ha I do have a joke for you, but it's not football joke. related. Yeah. Are you sure? Because it's nothing to do with comics or football. That's all right. So I was at the cinema yesterday and in front of me was a gentleman with his dog watching the film. And the dog was like all the way through looking at the screen going. Rrr, rrr, rrr. And I said to him, I tapped him on the shoulder afterwards. I said, wow, your dog really enjoyed that film, didn't he? He said, yeah, it surprised me. He hated the book. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> it's better than the Spandau Ballet puns that we've come to know and love. Yes. Oh, no, comedy gold. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we have the Roy Race talking, which, of course, has got a loved when back in the 70s and 80s, most 
comics during Christmas week would have snow across the the headlines, didn't they? Yeah. There's snow going down the page and it continues there, as it does for Tommy's Troubles. Um, oh, right, and we have the first appearance, it seems, in Roy's message of um, a special offer from Subutio. And it's an exclusive Melchester team. So that is available um, for just £2.75 for the Melchester team. Um, worth a good bit more than that now, I would imagine, on eBay. For the original red stripe with the famous uh, red kit with the famous yellow stripe down the side. I've and actually just joined uh, a worldwide Subutio multi-division league that starts in January, so I might I might do something in in a podcast on that in the future. Yeah, definitely, and it'd be worth. I think we need to look up how much that the Melchester team goes for now. Yeah, as well. Um, in the centre pages, we have season's greetings from the Dell, because of course Laurie McMenemy was at the time the manager of Southampton then playing at the Dell. Um, and it's a bit of a photo shoot with the cardboard cutout of Roy. And Laurie, of course, is promoting the annual to come in 1981. And you have Roy also pictured with the, it's not really a trophy, well, it is a trophy cabinet, but it's more got some pennants, I assume from friendlies that Southampton have played against European sides there. Safe hands in soccer continues the issue with then the hard man. Um, with Danefield having a Christmas party right at the end. Not, not hugely much else on a, a sort of Christmas theme. Um, there's a cutout and keep Christmas card, however, from the race family, all in the picture, and the snowman with the uh, Melchester hat and scarf on just in the background. Just going to let you see that actually. There we go. Oh, very nice. So that's yeah, that's Christmas card. And rounding off that week's edition. Yeah, it's got Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from all at Melchester Rovers Football Club as well in the back, signed by Roy. What does it say underneath Roy Race? It says, best wishes, Roy Race, Christmas 1980. Ah. And it's also signed, Penny, Roy Jr., Melinda, and Roy Race. Um, no predictions, sadly, this week, because it's 1980. But then we have Mighty Mouse, and we do have a Christmas party taking place in the hospital, as you'd kind of expect at the end. Of course, they always get into quite a bit of trouble with the matron, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And there's Mighty Mouse up playing a trombone on the table, but the matron actually seems quite pleased about this just because it's for Christmas. And then we round off with the kid from Argentina in the back pages. Yeah, well, a, a decent... Only a little bit of snow there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. There's not... Other than the front cover, um, certainly the Christmas card, Roy's Certainly in front of a tree, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas in the, the Melchester Strip. But yeah, it's not it's not too much. It's not going overboard, let's put it that way. But let's also have a wee look. I know at uh, 1982 and, of course, the famous Cezanne Dando issue. 
because and, and just to reiterate, <laughs> oh dear, here we go. Just to reiterate, Suzanne Dando is coming out of Roy Race's sack. Yes, yeah. she has indeed. She's, she's out there. She's got a sort of Christmas heart as well. Yeah. And standing next to Roy Santa, of course. And sign of the Times, 1982, there is a photo shoot story called Damsel in Distress. <laughs> Excuse me. And this involves Suzanne turning up at a house um, to be kidnapped and then tied up to a chair by someone who looks a bit like the hooded claw. And he can assess her, you're my captive now, there'll be no Roy of the Rovers cover picture this time. But then, of course, Roy turns up at the same address, um, thinking it's a grotty sort of place. And that's a strange place to keep a kettle. So he rubs the kettle, out of which comes a genie. The okay. genie being Victor Boscovich. <laughs> okay, it just gets stranger. Um, you normally don't get hell? three wishes. Times are hard. How the hell did he fit out of the genie bottle? <laughs> Hello. Can you see him there? Oh, there he is. Yeah, he got a little wispy tail. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be so, it's a bit of a Christmas panto, really, it's turning into. And, of course, what does he do? He turns Roy into a sort of James Bond-style outfit. He's got the tux and the bow tie, ready to go. Um, his wish being granted. And, of course, Roy comes across a hooded claw. <laughs> it's kind of the hooded claw across between him and the child snatcher from Chitty Chitty, Chitty, Chitty Bang Bang. Anyway, Roy busts in upon them where he still has Suzanne tied to the chair, um, all in the name of stopping any further photo shoots with Roy Race. Take that, you swine, says Roy, as he thumps the hooded claw on the, the chin. <laughs> We've said this in a previous podcast, but there's a market here for oh. Rab doing... Rab doing, uh, you know, audio books of Roy of the Rovers. <laughs> Take that, you swine! <laughs> sounds, sounds even better than my accent, it does. And uh, <laughs> here we have Hooded Claw, child, child catcher, now laid out, flat on his back, and, of course, Roy untying the damsel in distress. Suzanne, um... You're safe now. James Bond has rescued you. He doesn't actually call himself James Bond. Just notice wow. that. That's and back he comes to the real time. Look at this. Copies of Tiger. You know what that means, says Roy. Tiger magazine made you a prisoner. So the claw was actually an agent of Tiger, it would, it would appear. <laughs> yeah. And they wanted you to appear in their Christmas cover, but their dastardly plan didn't work. Um. You'll be in the front nice way cover of advertising Tiger, huh? Of this publication, my hero, says Suzanne, giving Roy a big smackaroo on the cheek. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I've actually so, met her once. Right? Yeah, she, she was just as pretty in real life. <laughs> he was opening up his job, so... She was very, yeah, yeah. I think she would turn up to the opening of an envelope back in the day, but um, <laughs> she was 
she was very well known. She was a well known name, and it's it's a well remembered, I think, issue of uh, Roy the Rovers. Um, some varied strips on the inside in 1982. We have Space Invader, followed by the Wheelchair Wonder. Ah, right, we've got Christmas, not crackers, but chuckles this time. And we've got one player saying to the ref, you're not sending me off, it's my ball, and that was a Christmas present from my dad. I don't know why it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, not so much a cracker, as I say. Um, did you know that when Roy of the Rovers was at school, he wanted to be a comedian? Yeah, because he's turned into a good comic, especially this Christmas. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> and again, we just kind of end out the, the Roy of the Rovers story for that week with Roy um, arriving back home. That's really the Christmassy part with the tree and the decorations up to a furious Penny. And why is she furious? Go on. Because he's put Suzanne on the cover. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. You used to think that I was glamorous. Why couldn't you have put me and chosen me for it to appear on the cover? But, but, Penny, perhaps Miss Danda would like to cook your Christmas dinner for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the dog case. So, yeah, didn't he himself out of a hole there, I think. I think so. Then we have the Marx brother, Brothers again, that issue with Tommy's Troubles, still in 1982. And the Hard Man with, yes, a huge Christmas dinner yet again at the end. Seems to be a theme in that strip at Christmas time. Oh, Christmas with the Super Saver, and it's Peter Shelton. Wow. With the tree in that one. We get a Christmas message from Kevin Keegan. That's a bit random. I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> he wrote that week. Girls <laughs> Palace. And Mighty Mouse having a massive Christmas. Knees up, I suppose you want to call it, again in the hospital. And the matron's quite happy with him yet again. It must be a, a definite Christmas thing going on here when he brings yeah. in a massive bunch of flowers. And, of course, damsel in distress. Um, that bizarre panto rounds off mm-hmm. 1982. Wow. Gosh, that was 40 years ago. I know. I know. Um, but again, as, as I say, it just kind of shows you the different times that we live in now with, yeah, not only the type of people who are household names, I suppose the beat Suzanne Danda would appear in Strictly these days, but yeah. um, on a Saturday night, but just, I know. Would you have a would you be allowed a strip called Damsel in Distress now? Don't think so. I was thinking that when you said it, you you just you just wouldn't, would you? It's got a bit of Penelope pit stop about it. Yeah. 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 Tied it, she wasn't quite tied to the train tracks, but shouting, help! <laughs> <laughs> they heard <hurt> Clara. <laughs> it's a classic program. <laughs> uh, so great memories of I think of, of Christmas past a, a different time a different time but yeah name so a, moving on to Christmas 2021 before you move on name a Christmas song with the hooded claw in it oh, oh <laughs> um, Frankie goes to Hollywood and the power of love 
Yeah, I'll protect you from the hooded, the hooded claw. claw. Yeah, and I bet that's the one and only song that it's mentioned. In. I know. Yeah. 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 Oh, classic, yeah. classic Christmas tune. Yeah, yeah. I know. But here we are, 2021, all these years later. Um, yeah, I know we're, oh, we probably sat this time last Christmas and said, you know what, it'll be normal next year. <laughs> yeah. But, but what are we, what are we looking forward to? Let's be positive. First, what are you looking forward to for the next year? I just want to go on holiday. Hmm. Somewhere sunny. Yeah. Somewhere. I'd um, if, if there's a caravan available in my hometown, I'd go and stay there <laughs> a week. It's you know, it's just. I, I mean, the last. It's just the same as everyone else. The last sort of two years now has been a bit. So hopefully. Hopefully we can see it this time next year and talk about all the fun we've had in mm. 2022. Yeah. I wonder how many episodes we'll be at this time next year. 302. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. But yeah, yeah, different times, uh, very much so. And, and I suppose, yeah, at least <clears throat> this week, well, there's an opportunity to, to see some people. Um, not something we would ever have imagined in our, our wildest dreams you know back in the 1970s 80s no i know you know but um no there we are but yeah thinking back, i'm just thinking back to music as well with the frankie mentioned there and christmas number ones were a difference because of course right about ooh, 1981 we had the human league yeah don't you and want me don't you want me as a christmas yeah. number one um yeah yeah so that would, yeah, it's, you know, I think people have the impression nowadays because you step into a shop from July the 29th and you start hearing Mariah Carey um, or Wham, but it wasn't always like that when it came to number ones, was it? No, no. And of course, Wham finally got to number one with last Christmas. I think it was last year. So 36 years after it was released. Yeah. Which is an amazing fact. Yeah. And, because and they brought year, it out in the same year as Band-Aid, didn't they? Yes, and they, they gave all of the royalties to, to Band-Aid. Hmm. Did, you know, did you know that? Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's great, great gesture. Um, That's the biggest selling, well, I was going to say, it's the biggest selling number two single of all time, yeah. but now that's gone because it's number one. Ah. But of course, this year, I, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of Lad Baby. Oh. There are, mm. well, yeah. They, they release Christmas songs uh, for charity. Hmm. And this year, if they get to number one, then that's four Christmas number ones in a row. Yeah. And it's great, raising funds for charity. Yeah, yeah, of course. But that beats the Spice Girls and the Beatles, who uh, both had three. Uh, uh, but their, current one, their current one, I saw the video on YouTube the other day, and it's with Ed Sheeran and Elton John. And they're... Nah. Elton John sat there scoffing loads of sausage rolls. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I might come across as a tad miserable here, but I'll just put 99p in the pot for charity. Yeah. Not bothered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Down, was. Elton I'll John, take a little, Ed Sheeran. Take a little while at 99p. <laughs> people, people used to moan about the Simon Cow taking over the Christmas number ones, but at least it was proper music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know, I know. 
that's why it was a joy that last Christmas finally got there. Yeah. Yes. I, after I, the I mean, I know it wasn't Christmas number one. Yes. It was the week after, but still. I don't hmm. like to moan when people are doing good things for charity, but sometimes... Hmm. <laughs> I know. Just to put the pound in the pot and move on. So favourite no. Christmas <laughs> single songs... I've got one which is like forgotten, really, but I think it's beautiful, and it's A Winter's Tale by David oh, Essie. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And it got to number two, but it was Mike Bat as well, and yeah. oh, it's just a beautiful, it is. lovely song. It is. Now, I like a um, bit of a weird one. Well, it's not weird, it's probably un unheard of by many people. Um, a, snowflake, a Snowflake Fell and It Felt Like a Kiss by Glass Vegas. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. all right. Yeah. 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 I, um, I do like the Band-Aid song. I, mm -hmm. I guess you're going. Um, yeah. But it was a phenomenon that, you know, and yeah. people went to the record shops and they bought 10 copies, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and until, until um, Elton John's Princess Diana song, which mm. ended up selling 4 million in this country and is the biggest selling single of all time, Band-Aid was with 3 million. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like the Bob Dylan Christmas LP and the Beach Boys Christmas LP and mm -hmm. Ben mm -hmm. Campbell. You know, I, I like like some of all that sort of stuff. Hang on a second, listeners, turn your speakers up. Are you ready? Here we go. Yep. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'd say the mold wine has been cracked open. Don't talk that out of you already. <laughs> the crackers have been pulled. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, off we go. It reminds me, sorry to interrupt, it reminds me of the Kim Wilde um, and Mel Smith rocking yeah. around the Christmas tree song. Yes. And Mel again, Kim. there's a bit, a, bit, a bit in the song where um, she says to him, do you want to pull a cracker, Mel? Ah. And he says, by the looks of you, love, I think I already have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tremendous video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It was really funny, Mel Smith. He was. Yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah. Yeah. Not at the nine o'clock news. Not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would probably go for I, I really like Elvis Blue Christmas. Yeah. Blue. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's classic, classic. It's just so Elvis, isn't it? Um what else? I do like, yeah, I do like Winter Steel, David Essex. Um Last, yeah, I do like Last Christmas by Wham, I have to admit. Of, no, all, of all those types of songs. Sorry, sorry, Rab. No, uh, you another interesting fact is um, Sh Shaking Stevens' Merry Christmas, everyone, was supposed mm. to be released uh, that year that Band-Aid came out, but it was, you know, last-minute Band-Aid, of course, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And so the record company just completely pulled it so it didn't take uh, money away okay. from the Band-Aid single. And the big hit the next year. Mm. Yeah, and they released it the following Christmas and it was number one. Mm. But, I mean, he recorded it like a year and a half before. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. yeah. But Bing Crosby and David Bay, of course. Yeah. 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 That's always a bit of a strange one, isn't it? It's such a strange combination, but it worked. Um, it did. With Little Drummer Boy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but many years ago, when Simon Mayo was on, I think he was on the Drive Time show on Radio Two. He um, he asked several artists to come in and do a cover Christmas song cover, 
Now, one of my favourite bands, The Beautiful South, they mm. came in. Oh. And um, Paul Heaton said, we've done a cover, he said, we, we wrote a little song on the way up, way up to London, all the way down to London. And it's, um, it, it, you go on YouTube and a song called Hold It Back by The Beautiful South, it's their Christmas song. Because uh-huh. they play very often, it's not... A, and because um, his his lyrics are quite bittersweet, it tells yeah. a tale of a of a lonely yeah. man who sits there, and all he's got is his cracker to pull with a dog, you know. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it's quite yeah. bittersweet, but it's yeah. it, it's quite quite a different sort of take on Christmas. Mm. I, I've I've seen the beautiful South live uh, in Exeter. Uh, they were fantastic. They were with some sort of phil- philharmonic orchestra as well. Right. Absolute joy. Right. Yeah, I've, um, I've I've seen I saw the Beautiful South five times. I've seen Paul Heaton and Jackie Abbott five times. I've just got tickets to make it the eleventh time I've seen him next year. Mm. Wow! Yeah, in Doncaster, big fan. Yeah, with, with another with another favourite band of mine supporting him, the Proclaimers. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah! Really good live, the Proclaimers. Yeah. I've seen them seen them at a festival. Uh, yeah, in um, a little f- um, football story connected with. Um, the Proclaimers, because I'm a Hearts fan. Yeah. And um, Proclaimers are Hibs, quite well yes. known Hibs fans. And um, I've got um, some lyrics from Sunshine and Lease tattooed on my back. Oh, wow. While I'm worth my room on this earth, you know, that line. Yeah. And um, people say, oh, how, how can you when you're a Hearts fan and they're Hibs? Because uh, you don't uh, listen to, you know. And there was, there was a Hearts fan I know, he's like, oh, I'd have... I you know, it's, it's not right, it's not right. Yes, <laughs> it is, you know, it's, you know, you can differentiate between the two, surely. Uh, yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Um, there's also a line in, in a Proclaimer song which says, um, I went 60 miles to Kilmarnock to see Hibernian play. Yeah. The, the day was bright and sunny, but the game I'll not relay. <laughs> so it came to the next line, yeah. yeah. Listen. They don't touch the old Talk United song that was released on Seven Inch by uh, that one of their players, Dick Edwards. I, I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, yeah. and I shall just recount the four lines just to show you how Lennon and McCartney-esque they are. Are you ready, gentlemen? Here yeah. we go again, yeah. No, I'm not going to sting it. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, United, the best team in the land. Oh, United, we've really got things planned. We've got the luck, we've got the skill, and we can see it through onto Division Two. <laughs> That's the height of ambition. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, why not? It's no worse than the Anfield drop and, and all of some of these other ones, I don't think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm rapping now, I'm rapping for fun. <laughs> I'm your pony, you're number one. You can take the mic, don't call me a clown. Actually, why am I singing all the way through this podcast? Yeah, because it's Christmas. Uh, oh, so yes. that, Liverpool, yeah. that Liverpool one you done there, was that co-written by Craig Johnson? It was. Yeah. 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 I think it was fully written by Craig fully. Johnson, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his, yeah. I mean, he wrote the line, um, um, I'm, I'm very big down under, because he's Australian, <laughs> I'm yeah. very big down under, but my wife disagrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to do a PG rating on this podcast, do you think? I know, I know, I know. But yeah, well, we certainly had a, a very varied uh, selection tonight, as we, you would hope you would expect, I think, when it when it's um, the lights are on, the tree's up, the tinsel's out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
it's that time of year. But we have, so we've had Tiger, we've had Roy of the Rovers, we've had, of course, the Football League reviews, fondly remembered. And we've had a good bit of music there in memories of, of Christmas past, a bit of chat on Christmas current as well, <clears throat> and some of the differences. And yeah, as I said at the start, we are, according to the bookies, a chance of a white Christmas on Saturday. Who knows? Um, <laughs> it does it does still get you quite excited, that, I think. That Maybe prospect. in Scotland. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think Edinburgh's got, got quite high hopes of it at, at the moment. Um, so we shall see. But yeah, I think, you know, same as we were really last year. I mean, the hope, the hope for everyone is just that we all manage to stay safe, uh, along with our families, of course. And as does everyone, everyone out there, all the listeners. Um, we hope you're able to have uh, a good time over the next few days while naturally staying safe um, and you're able to, to enjoy the festivities. So for the moment from me, Rab, with those sleigh bells calling in the background and that tapping on the roof. No floods tonight, I'm glad to see. <laughs> As we yeah. had in the last podcast. But uh, yeah, it's just a scratching of the roof. Santa's not quite here yet. But <laughs> it's a very, very Merry Christmas and a staying safe room from me, Rab. Oh, hang on, hang on. You've forgotten something. Oh, I know, but I was a little <laughs> The, the Twitter address, <laughs> um, do give us a look. I'll be putting some Christmas goodies on there in the next few days of in the form of some covers and some chat. Is at champ underscore R. So at champ underscore A-R-E. And the website address, Verso? <laughs> is www.champweareunited.com. .proboards.com They ask after three mulled wines and two men's pies. That's not and, uh, that was just exquisite. That was brilliant. I'm going to play that back later. And <laughs> a happy Christmas to each and every one of you and thank you for welcoming me onto the team. Oh, oh, you're an absolute pleasure and a blast. Wonderful addition, Maps. Really enjoy your content. Uh, from me as well, I'm wishing everyone a happy Christmas and uh, Thank you for all the listeners that have got in touch uh, over the previous 23 episodes. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to bringing you more episodes throughout the next year. But we will be back next week, of course. Yes. And we'll have a little look back at the year and content and the interviews that we've done. Mm. But uh, yeah, you can say your goodbyes now, Rab. Go on. <laughs> okay. It's a ho, ho, ho. And a very Merry Christmas from me, Rab. It's a jingle bell and have a happy new year too from me, girl. And it's just a bar humbug from me, I suppose, Verzo, just to keep the equilibrium. <laughs> <laughs> Good night and stay safe. Good night. Hey.